0: hey everybody good evening to you how are you we're having a late evening chat i usually come on earlier during the day but i had something on my mind and it's been maybe a week or two that i have yet to make a podcast because i've been trying to get some things going and trying to better me. And as far as my health go, I'm healthy. But those of you who've listened to my podcast before know I have a challenge with my vision. So it limits me to certain things, but I am refusing to give up. I don't believe because someone has a challenge, that means they just give up on life and they you know, just throw life away and say, this is it, I'm done, I can't walk, I can't see, I can't hear, you know, I'm just gonna, that's it, you know, so I I don't believe that is a good enough excuse for me to give up on life, and if anyone is listening who has a challenge, whether it be in your vision, whether it be in your body, whatever sickness or disease it may be, if you can You know, hear these words, I pray that it encourages you and it keeps you from not looking back. But little at a time, get you a little more focused to where you look ahead, knowing that there are great things that are awaiting you. So before I go any farther, this is yours truly, author and speaker, Diane Lubrant. I am the author of He Was There All The Time, I'm Not In It By Myself, abuser from the Playboy pulpit series, as well as Encourage Yourself In The Word, a 31-day... Daily devotional prayer journal with affirmation. This one is stacked really good, y'all. As well as a journal line. To those of you who likes to journal, you know, this one is in the format of a letter to God. So if you would like to pick up any one of those, you are so welcome. And in advance, I thank you. You can go to lubrandbooks.com or you can always go to Amazon.com and on the 16th and 17th of July it is Prime so go ahead and get your Prime on so you can have these uh books in your hand I've gotten really good reviews from them from people who has gone through sexual abuse domestic abuse who've been married to a narcissist because that's uh, the where I came from I came from a place of sexual abuse where my mother knew did not come to my aid because she was having an affair with the best friend of the person that was abusing me sexually and I guess I was just hush money you know she caught him more than once never did anything to him never told my dad because again I was hush money if she said anything I really believe he would have told my dad about her having an affair on him with his best friend so mama was getting her groove on and I was getting my hurt on not realizing how that would totally just change my life you know to the kind of woman I would become the kind of man I would be attracted to it just totally changed every and all thing about me made me look at men very differently And, of course, make me look at my mother in a way that, to this day, we don't have a relationship. You know, we don't have no communication. You know, come to find out she never wanted me. It's been rejection from day one. And I could no longer handle the hurt and the constant rejection. And the Bible tells us, you know, we have to come out, you know, from among them. You know, he tells us we have to separate ourselves. And the sad thing is to come out from among them and be separated (laughs) sometimes it's our own family and friends you know because as a child I guess and even now as an adult I always expect the best from family I just think family should be there for each other come what may no ends, ifs or buts about it I just believe that's just the way it should be but the reality is it's not that way right so go ahead, go to and purchase there or Amazon. Uh, please follow me on Facebook, author Diane Lubran, or Diane George Lubran at Diane George Lubrin on Instagram as well. So now that I've done my introduction, if you are new to me, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope you will become one of my followers, and I'm hoping you will share this as well. On this podcast, I try to be very honest with you, very candid, very open, because I believe in order to be able to help somebody, you have to tell them the whole story, the good, the bad, the ugly. You have to tell them you know, the pretty things about it, the ugly things about it, how you overcame what you went through, you know. And some of the things that you still struggle with because I still struggle with uh, rejection. I still struggle with sometimes uh, some self-esteem issues, you know. But I thank God, God have really, really done a work in my life. So that's why I am here and my goal is to meet As many victims of sexual abuse and domestic abuse and just share my story with them so they know that in all the hurt, all the pain, you know, God is there, he was there, and he will always be there. That's why I entitled my first book, He Was There All the Time, because after I'd gone through everything and I started healing a little bit, you know, I noticed the reason why the gun didn't go off. I reason the reason why I couldn't go through with the suicide more than once is because God was there all the time. Jesus was there all the time keeping me and and I believe that's why I'm here and I, my testimony is to help people who feel like there's no hope and to feel who feels like God has forgotten about me and that's it for me. You know, it'll never happen for me. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. You know, that kind of thing. You know, I'm always last. I'm never winning. All these negative things we say about ourselves. So today, I want to drop something in your ear. And it is, uh, I have a question for you. And I want you to ponder this while we're talking As well as when we get through with this podcast. I hope you go back and listen to it. I hope it really encourages your heart. And I hope it it really stirs you up, you know. And that is, the question is, what do you do when life say, this is it? What do you do when life, as we know it, say, this is it? This is all you're going to be all the efforts you've put in, this is what it is. It's not going to get any better. You might as well throw in the towel and just sit and wait until the chariot comes to take you home. What do you do? And like I was saying, when we come into this world at a disadvantage, it's very easy to understand what I'm saying. But there are some people who entered into this world and, like they say, was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. There are some people who came into this world, they never had to worry about money. They never had to worry about mommy and daddy loving me. They never had to worry about, well, where's my dad? Who is this man? Who are these men? Mama keep bringing home, talking about this is Uncle Buck and Uncle Lee and Uncle all of this. I know I ain't got that many uncles, you know. And who is this woman? Daddy's saying it's just a friend. And today's Samantha and tomorrow's Desiree. And the day after that, you know, some of us, we just started out on the wrong foot. And some started out in the big house, you know, the beautiful hospitals, having a private doctor, private room. Some people... Have no idea what it means to be poor, to uh, hurt, to be in need, to be in lack. Some people don't even know what a ghetto is. (laughs) Some people never been to the projects. You know what I'm saying? Where some of us shop, some people will never shop there. They they probably give their, their maids and stuff, gift certificates, you know, to go shop there. But as far as them, they don't shop where... Some of us shop, they don't eat where some of us eat. So for these people, when we talk about when life say no to you, what do you do? Well, life never said no to them until there is like a major sickness or disease that money can't take care of. And then they begin to, they don't know How the rest of us are or were or still is and become in. But they kind of understand. You know what? I got all this money. And I have this sickness in my body. And the doctor saying this is it. What's going to happen to me? Life as I know it is saying hey. I am in absolute control and in charge of who you are. What you think you were and who you think you are, I am here to prove to you. I have so much more to say about that than you do. And it's sad to say, people like that who's never been knocked down. People like that who's never heard the word no. It's like they say, when you break a bone, when that bone heals, that area that was broken, it gets stronger. Well, if it's never been broken... It's not stronger. So for that reason, a lot of people can't handle life when they lose the money. They can't handle life when the doctor said, this is it. They can't even conjure up faith because they've put all they trust and all their hopes in the money that the money can give me the best doctor and the money can get me the best drugs and the money can get me any and all things that I want, but not because you have money. That means things are going to work out. That means money can buy health, money can buy a stable mind, money can buy peace, money can buy sleep. So for some people, when money can't give them what money had been given to them, when they come to the realization, you know what, I'm no longer in control of life. Life has really stepped up to me and showed me what life is really about. And it's sad to say, but so many people give up on life and they just take their own life because they can't say, you know what, okay, today's a bad day, right, let me wait till tomorrow. Some people, they can't say, you know what, I believe in my God and I do understand, I will have some sad days, some hard days. But I know who holds my hand, and I know who holds tomorrow. Sorry, y'all, my my puppy. And I know God got my back, so I'm not I'm not gonna worry about it. There are some people who don't know God. There are some people who have just decided to totally turn their backs on God. There are people who say there is no God. There are people who refers to God as a higher power. There's people who refer to God as a man, as a woman. There. People who just say, well, God is the tree and he's the air," And he, you know what I'm saying? There are people who just don't believe because all they've had is their money and their money have become their God. And you hear people say money is the root of all evil. The Bible never said that. The Bible say the love of money is the root of all evil. So when you love that money And money had been giving you everything. Now, when life shakes you, when life flips you upside down, there's nothing money can do for you and I. And for these people, they end up in a sad place because they can't cope. I lost all my money. They can't cope. I lost my house, divorce, everything. They can't cope. But my question still remains... To anyone who is in that situation, what do you do when, when life say no? What do you do when life said that's it so you lose all your money? What are you going to do? Do you stay down? Do you not try? Do you give up? Do you take your life, sickness and disease? Do you just say, I'm just going to lay here and just wait? Or do you reach down on the inside of you and you begin to fight? Do you... Look at yourself and say, you know what, I've had my priorities placed in the wrong thing and and make a change. Because here's the thing, I don't think it's ever too late to make a change. I don't think it's ever too late to ask for forgiveness, to repent, to forgive somebody. I don't think it's ever too late to say, God, you know what, I've been saying there was no God and... I'm at the end of my ropes and my money can't help me. And God, if you are alive and if you are real, can you please right now show yourself real to me? Because I have been depending on my money and depending on what it can do and depending on people. And now, God, I need you to show me if you are right, if you are alive, if you are here with me. I've heard about it, but I never experienced it. God, right now, right here today. And there are so many people... Who have, I'll say it like that, but, you know, who have met God on their way out. You know, who made that decision when they came to the realization, this is it, nothing else works, Um, I'm gone, let me, you know what I'm saying? And they make their last, like the world say, they make their peace with God. Now, there are the other people who came into this world. Somebody like Les Brown, who... Was born with a twin on the floor. Don't know who his mama nor his daddy is. An adoptive child. Right? And then he grows up and God transforms his life. There are other people who grew up, who was born in the same predicament. But like him, they never got a break. They remain the same. They came into this world to a crackhead mama and dad. And next thing, they're on crack. And then there are some, like me, you, or somebody in the family who is a product of sexual abuse. And trying to find who we are after that. Because a child going through sexual trauma really messes you up. You don't know who you are. You you don't realize what is sex or is this supposed to happen? Why is he... Or she doing that to me. So when we came out of this darkness, right, and we scramp and we scrape and we see the light at the end of the proverbial tunnel, right, when we see that and out of nowhere, life come and say smack, that's it, what do you do? most people a lot of people use well I'm a victim well I was in the foster care well I was molested I was raped and let me tell you this nobody feels this more than me because like I say I live that life but there comes a time when life say this is it when we Look at life and say, sorry, life, but you don't have the last word. Sorry, life, I understand you just doing what you do. But I want you to know I serve the God who gave me life. I serve the God who is life. And if my God is life, when you come at me wrong, I can go to my right God and he can give me the strength to keep moving. Too often, we are so quick to give up because we think the adversities that we go through is gonna take us under. Too often, we give up right when we are on the precipice of our breakthrough, of our of our deliverance, of 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 the coming together, of the mending of the family or the marriage, and one simple thing happened, and we just give up. When life says no, you have got to give it everything you have. Because the Bible tells us that we must stir up the gifts that are within us. And so many people give up and not one gift had been stirred up. So many people give up on life and everything God placed in them, all the great ideas and invention that God placed in them, they just give up. I wonder who god gave the formula to that eradicates all forms of cancer i wonder who god gave the gift to that will that is able to heal the most devastating disease something like muscular dystrophy where, where they say you know Lou Gehrig's disease, and they say there's 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 no healing, there's no medicine, and I wonder where is that person with that gift that says, "I got it. I was placed on this earth for this very purpose. Life came." It came hard. It knocked me down. I was homeless. I was hungry. I didn't have the right shoes, the right connections. It looked like I had no favor, but I did not let that stop me. I decided to look up the word perseverance, and I decided to put that word into practice. I decided to not let where I stood. Started be the end of me, but all the hurt, all the pain, all the disappointment that I went through, I decided to use it as fuel. And now that I did not give up, excuse me, God has given me the grace, the strength, the wisdom, the idea to do this, to do that. Because remember 20 years ago, We could not talk to each other on the phone and look at each other. And today, everybody's FaceTiming. I am here in Texas, and only God knows how far this podcast gets. Somebody in California, somebody in New York, somebody in Canada, in London, somebody somewhere who is not in the state of Texas can hear this message. Why? Because God gave somebody the gift, and they decided, you know what, I am going to not allow my current circumstances to prevent me from going, from being, from seeing the vision God has so clearly shown to me. When life says no, never agree with it. You ask God, Lord, give me the strength to get back up. I fail, but I don't want to stay down. It's like the the prodigal son. A lot of people, when they, they teach that, that message, the prodigal son, it, it, it kind of has a negative connotation to it. But I think that is such a powerful message. Because when he was down, when life had knocked him out, because remember, he grew up, he had money. He grew up, he had servants. So he did not go through what some of us went through. He, he was not a servant. He had servant. He didn't have to do anything because the servants was there. He was in his father's house uh, like the prince that he is. And when it was time he, for him to be grown or he thought he was grown, he asked daddy for what rightfully belongs to me. Daddy gave it to him. He went off, he did his thing. And life knocked him out life beat him down to the point where he had to eat with the swines life knocked him out so badly that the place that is the lowest place for a jew to be is to be in the midst of the swines eating and living with the swines and the bible tells us after he had been knocked up his head by life the bible say he finally he came to himself and when he came to himself he did not dwell on where he was or what led him to where he was but what he did he said you know what i ain't gonna stay here i am gonna go I am going to distance myself so far from my past that my past is not even gonna be able to see me, to touch me, or to bother me again. I have made up in my mind, yes, I made some stupid decisions, and that decision caused life to knock me down. Yes, I went to the wrong place. Yes, I hung out with the wrong people. Yes, I did not finish school. They told me not to get with homeboy. I did. They told me not to get with homegirl. I did. Go to school. I didn't. Don't smoke weed. Don't do drugs. I did. And now here I am. What you going to do with that? You're down. Nowhere else to go. It's a beautiful thing when we can come to ourselves. It's a beautiful thing because when we come to ourselves, we don't need nobody to tell us what's the next step to take. And we have assessed the problem. We know what caused it. We know how we got there. And we know how to fix it. And the first step to fixing is saying, okay, life, you said no. Okay, life, I'm going to give you this. You knocked me down. Okay, life, yes. I have this challenge with my health, with my eyes, in my hearing. I have this challenge in my money. I have this challenge in my marriage. I'm having some issues paying my mortgage right now, my car. I'm docking and dodging. I don't have a job right now. Yes, I have these challenges. But you know what, life? You're not going to get the best of me. I am going to get up, and I am going to make something happen. It may not be the Big Bang, but I am going to make something happen. It's so funny how a little fire can turn into a massive inferno. All God wants us to do is realize where life is saying this is it no more you can't go like the ocean god told the ocean this is it you cannot go past this borders but every now and then a storm comes and that sea go past its border every now and then that river overflow its banks every now and then there's going to be something that's going to come, that is going to push you and I to do something we never did before. Every now and then, something is going to happen that will make us look at our lives in a different way and go a different route. When life says no, do you accept it or do you say, give me a minute, (laughs) Let me figure it out. Give me a minute. I don't want to make a hasty decision and I get worse off than where I am. But give me a minute. Let me sit down. I'm with the pigs. I'm stinking. I'm at the lowest of my low. But when I get up from here, I promise you I'm never coming back. Sometimes we have to sit. Sometimes life knock you down. And sometimes we try to get back up, and we don't as- assess where we are. Sometimes life knocks us down, and we're so quick to get back up. We never look around. We never see the traffic coming, and we get hit. And when we get hit, we get hit even harder. What are you talking about, dying Out of the frying pan into the fire. We leave one relationship, jump right into another. We live this church Because we don't like first lady, we don't like pastor, we don't like how they do things over here, and we go to another church, worse. And we got to turn around, come back, tail tuck, pastor, I'm sorry. I want to stand in front of the congregation today and just ask that y'all forgive me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We don't need to do that when life hits you. I'm not going to tell you don't cry. Cry, get it out. Because if we don't cry, if we don't get it out, it takes us into a place where it becomes bitter, we get cynical, we get hateful, and ain't none worse than a hateful Christian. Ain't none worse than a bitter, 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 bitter Christian who's supposed to be Christ like, who is just filled with venom when life say this is it I want you to look at where you are let me tell you this it's been 10 years I've been struggling with this vision challenge I had to flip my whole world upside down 10 years my daughter was fifteen that means i had to (laughs) give my car keys to the fifteen-year-old that means she had to get a hardship license that means the roles reversed although i'm mama now she becomes where you going so i have to say i have a doctor's appointment I I put clothes on. Where are you going? What What do you mean where I'm going? I see you got clothes on. So the roles change. Do you know what a humbling experience it is to have to answer to your child? Because you are in a place where they can see, where you can't see, and they can go where you can't go and where you need to go. You need them to take you there when once upon a time you are wiping those snotty nose and changing them stained diapers. Life has a way of humbling us. Life has a way of taking us down. But when it takes us down, use it as fuel. This is the time. To do a self-check. This is a time for us to look at us and say, okay, what happened? Where am I? Why am I here? God, what is the lesson that you are teaching me? What What, what is it I'm supposed to learn? For 10 years. 10 years. Having a deal with a visual issue. Can you read this letter to me? Can you do this for me? Now I have to go to her. But I had to look at it and I said, okay, God, what is it? Had I not lost my sight, I wrote my books as someone who has a visual challenge. I had to go back and learn everything I possibly can at the Lighthouse for the Blind to be able to get back. On the computer to write. See no one is home right now. And I'm doing this podcast. And I noticed some of the ones that I did. I thought I put the title. And I put the title. And when it posted. I was like oh my God. So if this one has no title. You understand pray for me. I believe that God is still the God. That gives sight to the blind. I still believe that. I still believe that our God can do any and everything except fail. So now that I'm down, I had a chance to assess. I realized I was full of anger, filled with bitterness. My ex-husband treated me like a dog. My mama discarded me like trash. Being sexually abused, being verbally, mentally, even spiritually abused. And all this I had on the inside. And God <laughs> had to take me. And everybody that I can go back and remember who hurt me, who harmed me, the people that I held in contempt, the people that hurt me. I had to reach out to them and say, I forgive you. I release you. I let you go. One of the first lady I used to know hurt me so bad. Because, you know, some people, they just want to be what they think they ought to be. No tact. And I hate to say it. 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 I thought all first ladies was nice and sweet and kind and had charm and had class. And, you know, and then I came to find out, girl, that ain't true. Some of them ghetto. Some of them hood. Some of them, they have the title first lady, but (laughs) that's all they had. So I had to let her know in front of the church. I release you. I let you go and once I did that and I called the next person and I called my old boss and I called this one, my ex-husband. Lord God Almighty. My mother, oh hallelujah. And I had to release I had to let them know I released them. And you know the toughest part of it <laughs> Even though I knew I ain't done nothing to nobody. Now, I had, you know, being from the Caribbean, I'm the first to admit to you, I'm a little feisty. I got a quick tongue. I ain't gonna lie to you. And I was like, I got to forgive these people for what they did to me? No. No, 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 no. Let them come to me and ask for pardon because they hurt me. And one day, we were watching a movie and I heard of forgiveness more than once. And I remember being at a Bible study and the the teacher was teaching of forgiveness and then when she got through teaching, <laughs> she was still filled with unforgiveness and bitterness. So I kind of got what she was saying, but it did not make a great impression on me until I watched Madeer Goes to Jail. True story. True story. Y'all know the one Madeer Goes to Jail. You know, they went ahead and padded Madeer's case and they, 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 what it, I think Madea got 2 to 10 or something like that. And when they got into the prison. And they were having a Bible study. And they were talking about forgiveness. And Madea was talking about 2nd Geronimo. Where Peter walked on the water. And <laughs> whatever Madea was saying. Because you know Madea have no clue of the Bible. Because Madea don't go to church. She passed by the church. Made don't go to church. But Madea said. Forgiveness. Is not for the person. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness. Holding on to unforgiveness. Is like you drinking poison. And waiting for the other person to die. And then I heard Joyce Meyer said the same thing. And when I heard that. I was like you know what. That helped me put myself in the place because what it did it showed me i gave them more power over me and i loved them more than me and for years i've i've been made to feel like i was a doormat and this was my turn to not be the doormat anymore and i said i am forgiven releasing Folks, even though I said it before every time stuff would come up to my mind, I didn't realize that's what God was showing me. Dying, you have not forgiven anybody because every time it come up you're dwelling on it. And then I got what is it, Lord? Second Corinthians ten, four and five. For the weapon of our warfare not carnal but a mighty to God through the pulling down of stronghold. Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought, unto the obedience of Christ. And I learned that scripture, and I remember there was this young lady I tried to help. turn around, bit me on the hand, you know. And every time I would just like replay what she said to me, and I would recite that scripture. And by the time I said it the third time, I remember thinking, what was I thinking about? It was gone. Because life had knocked me down so hard that I didn't think there was anything good left for me. And in me. And some of you listening to this, you have so much clutter and so much junk in you that you can't sleep you can't think you can't do anything and over and over God have been telling you to release and let these people go and now he's gonna use a voice you may have never heard before to tell you release forgive let them go that person that just popped in your head right now that you've been holding on to unforgiveness now you need to let her go you need to say you know what this was that Okay, I release you. You hurt me. I'm going to admit that. But I release you. And then what you need to do. I had a coach. She had me to do that. I had, she say, everybody who hurt you, put them on the list. And then everything you hold yourself in contempt for. And look in the mirror and say to yourself, I forgive you for this. I forgive you for that. I forgive you. That was the hardest thing. Me forgiving me. Was harder than me forgiving other people. And I'm telling you. As long as you hold on to these things. Life will continue to beat you down. Life will continue to hold you down. Life will not be sweet to you and for you. As it is to and for other people. So when life said this is it. What are you going to do about it? What will you do about it now? Are you going to stay where you are? Or are you going to make that change? Michael Jackson asked us. He said, I'm standing with the man in the mirror. And I'm asking him, will he change his way? And no message was ever clearer to him. If you want to make a change, change starts with you. And when you change, your world begin to change. Circumstances begin to change. Your heart begin to change. The way you talk to people begin to change. I've watched my relationship with my daughter change so tremendously. I've watched my relationship with my sons change because I've made a decision to relax, relate, release. Give it to God. So now... I, my children, God, they're not my kids. <laughs> that was the problem. I used to think my children was my children and they were God's grandchildren. And God had to check me. No, they're my kids. I just borrowed them to you here on this earth. So I gave them back to the Lord and I just pray for them. And I'm praying for each and every one of you who is hearing my voice, whatever it is. That's holding you down. I pray now in the name of Jesus that is broken off of your life. I pray that God reveal his love to you as you allow him to wash, to cleanse you. As he he allows you to come and bask in his presence. Breaking everything off of you in you that is keeping you From walking in the newness of life. That's keeping you from being the best you that you can ever be. I pray that these words have been a blessing to you. I hope you, you keep it near to your heart. Please go ahead. If you're not following me, follow me. Share this on whatever platform you're listening to. Pocket. Anchor, iTunes, oh my God, uh, Google, uh, so many, Radio FM, whatever it is that you are listening on. Thank you so very much. Follow me and share this out. This is author, speaker, Diane Lubrin. If you'd like to know more about me, purchase my books. You can go to lubrinbooks.com. Thank you so very much for being here. I hope when I come on next time, you will be here. Thank you, as always, one love. Diane, what does that mean? That is the agape love of God. You guys have a blessed and wonderful night. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.